0: Thursday, July 18th, 2019, and you're listening to Last Time on Video Games, the show about retro video games and sometimes some other stuff. You're listening to episode 263, The Punishment is Bears. Runtime for this episode is 42 minutes.
1: last time on video games the podcast that belongs in a museum i'm tyler i'm only seeing the new maleficent movie of Sora's in it my name is jeremy
0: uh my name is zach there's another maleficent movie coming out yes
1: i do want Sora to be in it though so
2: <laughs> i did not know this was gonna be a thing
1: it is now i guess hey we played tomb raider this week
0: we did um kind of Kind of. Uh, We'll get to that.
1: As we'll get to, yeah. Um, One of us played Tomb Raider this week. The rest of us had... Did battle with Tomb Raider? Yeah, (laughs) did battle mightily with Tomb Raider.
0: There were new RPG elements in this game. (laughs) I was lied to.
1: No, they only added those later. I feel like the new Tomb Raiders have a lot of RPG stuff.
2: They do have some, if I remember right. It's been a while since I played that one.
1: It feels a lot like playing Zelda, honestly. Except... Actually, thoughts. I think
2: it more feels like you're playing uh, Uncharted? Uncharted,
1: Yeah, which, which feels, feels like playing you're Tomb playing Tomb Raider. <laughs> what have with you more genocides. <laughs> oh,
0: before genocides? No, with more genocides. Oh. Uncharted is one of those games where if you think about your body count, it's troubling because it's a game where your enemies are dudes and not like dudes you're at war with or just <laughs> <Dudes>. cultists <laughs> yeah, even. just dudes. Dudes with a gun, dudes with scythes. They're not even like dudes with parasites. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like the new Tomb Raiders are also pretty focused on fight, dude. I can't think of any animals that you fight. You can hunt. but uh, you know,
2: There are a couple of them where you fight wolves, at least in the very first one.
1: I believe that. In the new, the first Tomb Raider, right? <clears throat> yes. I really wish we would get over this trend of naming reboots the same thing as the original, because it you gets confusing. You and me both, confusing. dude.
0: Yeah, well, Fast and Furious is glorious, though. But it's also a... Crime and they should be locked up for releasing Fast Five and not letting the director call the next one Furious Six yeah, as he intended.
1: It would have been great. Although, what are they on now? Like eight?
0: Uh, Fate of the Furious, which was with an eight, was the most recent. Yeah, one. that's good. The, the one coming out is Hobbs and Shaw, and I'm sure I've told you the Japanese title of that movie because it's the best title.
1: Probably, but go ahead and remind uh, me.
0: It, well, the Fast and Furious movies in Japan are called Wild Speed, okay. so that movie is called Wild Speed Super Combo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is amazing. Um, yeah, I don't think you've told me this, but that is an amazing name.
0: <laughs> yes, it's very good. Yesterday, I went to see Spider-Man. I saw the newest trailer for that movie, which is even more ridiculous. And I did not know that was possible.
1: I, it, I feel like those movies are already built on a pile well, of ridiculous.
0: But this is already a movie that's just like, who's the most popular guy? The Rock, who is also popular and would play out well off them? Jason Statham? Okay. They have to movie together against Idris Elba who is a marvel villain and they're like we're gonna need guns and cars because this in this rpg setting can't take any damage until your car runs out of
1: hp first <laughs> unless you get out of your car sounds
0: I think. about right no your car still
2: has to take more uh, still has to take fatal damage before you can take damage whether or not you're in it
0: there is definitely scene in that movie where they are on an island like a samoan island going off the coast With more and more cars chaining to this helicopter to try and bring it down. And they are like daisy chaining cars (laughs) together to try to bring down this helicopter. And there is a bit in the trailer, Idris Elba says, There are two of them and two million dollars worth of us.
2: (laughs) (laughs) As if the amount of money you spent on your people matters. It does.
1: There's one highly paid consultant. I I feel like it is a shame. I have never watched any Fast and Furious movies. I've
0: only watched the first three, which are awful. I, I hope the fourth one is where they start to get good. The second one has its moments. Like it has Chekhov's ejector seat, which is pretty good. That's to be fair, good.
2: the first one is like a is more of a standard like cop drama style movie. Okay.
0: Yeah, but like it tries to give Vin Diesel's character like this Shakespearean tragedy element and completely fumbles that. <laughs> so I I want to. I didn't say it was a
1: good movie. I want to start wherever they start laying the foundations for car, Daisy chaining a helicopter. I
0: think that's four. I'm pretty sure eight is the one where. Uh, What's M? Why what can't Judy Dench is driving a car and fights a submarine?
1: <laughs> <laughs> At some point, they have to go to space. I want cars in space somehow. I'm sure they'll get there.
0: I don't know about that.
1: I mean, cars on the Marianas Trench, maybe?
0: Yeah, I can definitely see them driving up the Challenger as it's launching. Yeah, are you <laughs> telling me you can't see like that airport that never runs out, only it's a space shuttle? <laughs> I can okay, see I your can face. See that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it'll be a tie in with SpaceX, it'll be the uh, Heavy Falcon 2. So what have
0: you been playing, Zach?
1: No. I, w- I was gonna make you go first. I know you, you never were go but, first.
0: but I see someone has to moderate.
1: So I was working on it. I was <laughs> waiting for that conversation to run dry.
2: Well, on the on the Steam sale, I picked up Pathfinder Kingmaker. And so I've actually I was
1: playing a lot of that. I'm sorry, Pathfinder Kingmaker. Yes,
2: it's it's pa- okay. it's based on Pathfinder, but specifically the adventure path Kingmaker. I have no
0: idea what that is.
2: It's an adventure path for... Well, what's like, an adventure path? For it, it's for a me?
0: module. Okay. <laughs> well, it's a series of modules. Okay. It, it's a campaign. Yes. yes. They just
1: can't call it that, or they chose not to for some reason?
0: Usually, they only run to like, 12th level, so... Okay. But, like, that one's fine, generally,
2: but, like, I really don't like the fact that there's no option in the settings to either, A, increase the font size, because because of my setup, I can't freaking read most of it, and, B, like, in combat, it's still basically turn-based. But there's no option to have it pause at the end of turn, so you can try and figure out what you want to do. So if you have a caster, it's like you got to babysit the caster. You got to figure out what else you're gonna do with them, and nah. like it, it feels like there's too much going on that you have to pay attention to in combat. To me, I I think they really should have included at least an option to pause at the end of every turn because I'm not entirely sure when turns are ending.
1: So I feel like even Final Fantasy 15 had that, and that was like intended to be an action game.
2: I have no idea if that was the case. I know I was thinking about KOTOR when I was
0: thinking about this. Yeah, me too. So it didn't actually. have that. But like Final Fantasy VI, which is with its ATB, doesn't have that option. So.
1: That's true. You can pause the game mid combat, That's true. though, which has a similar effect. Well, well, actually, can you?
0: Well, you can pause, but like you can't choose options
2: while you're paused. No, no. One of the things that uh, kind of annoyed me, at least to a certain extent, was there's a. You can't play a gunslinger in this uh, game. Oh, which is like
1: that new. Well, is that even a new class? I feel like it wasn't around when I played Pathfinder last, but... I
0: mean, it's it's like one of the first books they released after the core book on Pathfinder.
1: Gotcha. And
2: you can play their spell sword class, which is... Definitely more recent. Definitely more recent than that.
1: Okay, that's kind of lame then.
2: I was a little sad when I saw that, but I'm like... I'm looking at it going, okay, well, I'll do this. But because of the way they have that set up, it's like, I'm not wholly sure exactly how... Like, my characters are really interacting because I don't know what they're doing most of the time because I'm not able to manage six characters, and I don't know what they all do. <laughs> well, your barbarian gets angry and hits things with a D12. You do have a barbarian. On a stick. I don't a know, D12 on a stick. I don't know if it changes based on your, uh, your answers, but when I started up, I had a barbarian, a bard. The bard doesn't do much at all. Or my two, like, those are the two characters I... Was, no there was one more I feel like oh so yeah you, I, I had a cleric I had a barbarian a bard and a cleric
1: so you play the whole party at once yes yeah, so you have
2: to play the whole party at the same time you, you can have a party of up to six people with you at any given time and when combat breaks out it's like I don't know what like when I need to do any of this stuff because of the way it's arranged it just it feels really awkward
1: like I kind of want to go look at this UI now just to see like what yeah
2: because I have no idea
0: what to picture is well, it like kotor?
2: You have at the bottom of the screen, you have all six of your characters' portraits, and then they have like an action bar. And Kinda because like it's
1: wow, or something, right?
2: It's not that extensive. But then, like, buried under that, they have like weapon choices. A bunch of your spells are in like another little window that you have to open up to get to. Huh. And you have to prepare your spells, obviously, because it's Pathfinder. So if you have a spellcaster, you have to make sure, okay, I want to take these spells to use them. Or I can't really manage all six of these characters at the same time doing this. And then because you're leveling them up, I wanted to just set my allies to automatically level up so I can customize my character without having to take 20 minutes to make sure I'm getting the right stuff for my allies. But it's either all or nothing.
0: Just take a proven initiative on all of them.
2: (laughs) It's always helpful. I didn't take improved initiative, but it's like I don't think the game is really bad,
1: but it definitely needs some more polish. I
2: think it needs a little bit more polish. I I really would appreciate that end of round pause so that you can keep track of things and make sure you're making the decisions you actually want to make. The only thing I can think of is like you set your guy to do an option and then you pause it and then have to go through everybody every time it does that. And it's like, that's
1: ridiculous. I feel like a six person party also is maybe a little bit cumbersome.
2: Especially but. because like when I started up, I played the sword mage. And so I had spells I had to keep track of. Then I had the cleric who had spells that I should be able, I should have been keeping better track of. A bard that had spells that I needed to keep track of, and then the two characters that I picked up later were a wizard rogue hybrid, which was weird, but okay, I'm which into had that. spells that I needed to keep track of, and another sword mage class that had spells I needed to keep track of.
1: But so when you say you keep track of, do you mean like you had to prepare them? Or? Well, because
2: they're a casting class, they're better if you're using their spells because that's what they're for. But because I'm sitting there trying to manage six people,
1: five of which are casting spells. So it's mostly just hard to keep track of, like, the real-time aspect of it. Because I,
2: I don't know how... There might be a way to make them cast spells automatically, but I didn't see, like, any kind of tactics option.
1: Yeah, this kind of seems like a... What was it, 12? Or Final Fantasy 12 had the, like, you basically give your... Uh, had the, like, a, logic that yeah. you would give your characters. I was thinking Dragon, Dragon Age, Age had something but,
2: similar. Um, at the very least, set so that it's, like prioritize healing, prioritize spells, do this. And then on top of all that, you had more action bars where it's like, I have my wand, I have my healing potion, I have all this stuff, and I can only carry four at any given time. And it's like, guys, you just, you're just you starting to overcomplicate this. I know Pathfinder can be complicated, but...
1: But it also has the advantage of being very freeform, and also you're only managing one person usually, so... Except
0: you're managing the party of yeah. six. As a, a perma-GM, let me tell you that Pathfinder is a very unwieldy book. But it does a lot of damage when you hit someone with it. <laughs> I do
2: like the rest mechanic where you, when you rest or camp out, you pick what you want all of your characters to be doing. So there's like the character who's hunting, the character who's standing watch, the character who's cooking, the character who's. Or do you in, actually
1: have to care about food? That's always uh, a mechanic I hand wave in every you, single RPG. You do
2: kind of, but because at least I had that barbarian. Her nature skill was good enough that I always just stuck her on go find me food. And it was only a problem when I was like when I was trying to camp in a dungeon where I couldn't send anybody to help to to go hunting anything.
1: I'm now imagining a barbarian sitting there with a like a box trap with a D twelve for bait.
2: I mean, I think the game's fine. It's fun enough. It's just
1: a little clunky. It's it's a little clunky
2: and a little overly complicated in my opinion.
1: Honorable mention we all got together to play the Pathfinder card game last week, right? We did. Yeah, we Um, we did it that. But that wasn't your guys' first time playing it, right? It was our second, second time, time, time around. Okay. Yeah, so I definitely like the second edition printing a lot more. Everything seems a lot more balanced. That's all I'm going to say about that. It's a fun game, guys.
0: It's okay. Yeah, it's, It made it's okay. me want to play actual Pathfinder, but I just have no time. Yeah. I
2: do like that. actual
1: Pathfinder. I mean, I like actual tabletop r- RPG of basically any sort Which of- is
2: one of the reasons why I was like, I want to play this, because it looks like it's basically just Pathfinder on my computer, and I don't have to worry about that. And it kind of was, but... <laughs> Then but
1: also kind of
0: not.
2: <laughs> like, I have to manage my whole party. And but all the really downsides tricky. of
0: Pathfinder, too. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: I've been playing, or I guess not been playing, I have played the Harry Dresden co-op card game twice in the past month, and all it has made me do is want to run a Fate game again. <laughs> Fate's a good system, too. It is. Uh, have you been up to anything else, Zach? A little bit more.
2: Still playing MechWarrior Online and doing a lot of stuff, but for the most part, it's been mostly that. What have you been up to, Tyler?
1: Oh. Oh, I see how it is. I really want to make Jeremy go not last one of these days. It
0: happens. It's happened
1: before. I know. I know. Uh, I I can go if you want. (laughs) No, I don't actually care.
0: It's going to be (laughs) anticlimactic.
1: That's fair. I've been playing The Legend of Zelda What If You Were a Shopkeep recently, which is Moonlighter. Moonlighter? Yeah. I've been really enjoying this game, actually. It's uh, kind of a roguelike. Kind of. I guess a roguelite. Do people with green hats sometimes come and walk
0: behind you and take the very expensive bow and arrow? And then if they come back, you get to use your Palpatine
1: lightning on them. No, no, you do not. Sadly, I, I you kind of lost me halfway through that joke.
0: Really, Are you not Wink's uh, awakening? I hope they keep that in there.
1: I don't...
2: If you just walk in and take a, boat, take a an you item do have you to can wa- carry You do have oh, oh. to
1: walk behind him. Sorry, I thought you meant Link to the Past. Yeah, I know I remember this. And then you're called Thief for the rest of the game.
0: But also, he 100% Palpatines you when you go back in. Yep. He's like, you must pay the price for your thievery! <laughs> ah!
1: Uh No, you just tackle thieves. Um, if, you, if you're if you too slow, they just get away with your sweet <laughs> There are a couple, like, obvious nods to Zelda in it. There's a set of equipment you can craft. If you failed to craft the basic item in a couple categories, I think it's just Sword and Shield and Bow. You can instead skip ahead a level and craft the Heroes, whatever that item is. And it's very obviously the Master Sword and Hylian Shield. And... I guess a blue bow, you know, that famous blue bow Link has. The combat is surprisingly good. You have a lot of different weapon choices. I, of course, went with big sword because that's what I go with in every single game where that's an option. And also, I had been doing sword and shield for a while because you block all damage with the shield regardless of how much damage it would do as long as you're facing the right direction. I ended up just getting good at dodge roll, so.
2: Sword and board is a very viable option, but if you're good with dodging, a lot of times it's a better option to just get out of the way.
1: Yeah, so I I do a combination of big sword, and when I can't close with big sword, I have bow. I carry all three weapons still, but I should probably just stop carrying the sword and shield because I never use it.
2: Does it impact your carrying
1: capacity at all? You have a limited inventory, and that ends up being part of the game. A surprisingly fun part of the game is inventory management. Um, Well,
2: given that you're a shopkeeper, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, they did a really good job with that. Like Resi-Forgid? Oh, no, not quite Resi for good. Uh, You don't have to care about, like, size and shape of items. So the basic mechanic is you go into dungeon. It's procedurally generated every time. There's always three floors. So you kill boss, you kill harder version of that boss, and then you fight something completely different. Bow and arrow usually wins the final boss pretty handily. As you go through, you collect a bunch of items, and most of it is just, like, random chaff that enemies drop. You can stick stuff on your wish list so that you can tell if you need that item for crafting later.
0: Very Monster Hunter-esque.
1: Yeah, very Monster hunter in that way. But fairly shortly, um, most items have a stack of either 10 or 5, depending on what they are. Very shortly, your inventory will fall up with a bunch of stuff, and eventually you get to chests, which almost always have way better items, but also come with curses. And the way curses work is that they have to occupy a certain spot in your inventory like they either need to be on the left or right edge of your i think it's a five by five grid and so
2: you gotta hope you don't have anything really valuable in that spot
1: well you can move it uh so it's like at that point you have to shuffle what one of the things they give you is that you can toss stuff for money into a magic mirror that gives you money for it So if you have a bunch of, like, really cheap items, you're like, eh, I don't really care about those that much. You just toss it in. But the catch is you don't know what anything is worth when you first find it. All you know is its relative worth to other items. So every dungeon has a list from, like, one to whatever the maximum value that you can find in that dungeon is. And you have to kind of take a guess as to how much it might be worth. I guess the other curses are you can remove a curse in a direction... An item in a direction gets destroyed upon return to town. Trying to think what else. There's no wraparound, so you can get around that by just putting it at the edges. The item in this, or or items in the direction that this is pointing will turn into copies of this item, which is interesting. So it kind of becomes like, how long can I hold on to this one really valuable thing that has a curse that I can't stack with regular versions of it until I get a curse removal so that I can stack with the other one and free up the inventory space. It's like a surprisingly fun inventory management system. But then when you get back to your store, you can set it up on your shop and choose a price for it. And then you have to gauge customer reaction as they come up and see the price. So they'll either be like, wow, this is, like, way too cheap. I'm going to buy the hell out of this. Or, uh, like, just respond aghast that you are possibly asking 20 gold for this random piece of slime jelly. Things like that. It's surprisingly fun. Eventually, you can upgrade to the point where you can, like, get a shopkeep who will take 30% of your profit in exchange for selling all your stuff for you. But she only sells it at the prices that you have... Set for them, so you have to already know what everything's worth before but you let her do that. Does that
2: kind of defeat the purpose of the game, really? Of hiring a shopkeep in order to not play half the game?
1: Yes, and no. Part of the fun of running the shop is actually the mini game of figuring out how much all the items are worth. Like, that is a surprisingly engaging aspect. But once you have figured that all out, you're more focused on trying to get to that next dungeon so that you start getting new items and being able to upgrade your equipment again. There's only five dungeons in the game, so it's not, like, super long. I've probably, over the past while, put, like, 8 eight, ten hours in it, So and I'm almost done. I just entered the fourth dungeon, so it's not a huge game. I've already fully upgraded the entire town in my shop and stuff. There's a turnip salesman, a la Animal Crossing. I know there's like a potions person oh no there's also like just a lot of good characters like everyone's almost caricature but believable enough that they're not quite caricature I guess maybe just tropey I know it's a fun game I highly recommend it but yeah no I would definitely recommend Moonlighter if that sounds at all up your alley it will definitely be up your alley what have you been up to Jeremy
0: I had a surreal couple of weeks which you guys know about (laughs) this is true They were weird. Um,
1: my condolences, but also my congratulations.
0: <laughs> yeah, it seems to have worked out okay. I don't know. I don't know. I saw Spider-Man yesterday. That was pretty okay.
1: Which which Spider-Man?
0: The most recent Spider-Man. I,
1: I have not kept
0: up with far this at from all. home. <laughs> yeah, the one okay. right after Endgame.
1: Is this a sequel to Homecoming? It is. Okay.
0: He goes to Europe. He has a fun Europe adventure. <laughs> it has my favorite Spider-Man character in it.
1: Um. Okay. I'm trying to guess who your favorite Spider-Man character is. I want it to be Mysterio, but it's not. It's not. Mysterio
0: <laughs> is also in that movie, though. Yes. <laughs> He's the main villain, played by, oh god, what Jake Gyllenhaal, which is surprisingly good casting.
1: I can see that. I actually kind of want like every trickster character to just be uh, played by Tom Hiddleston. That's so. fair. <laughs> and then I want him on screen with himself all the time. Okay, I give up.
0: Oh, it's J. and Jameson, obviously. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what I, I thought.
1: I should have known that. That seems so obvious.
0: <laughs> He's very good. He, he wants pictures of Spider-Man. Yeah, I didn't have the time to play the video games, really, including the assignment. I don't even have time to sleep. I'm very tired right now, and I have to be at work at 5 tomorrow. So you. that's why I'm not super engaged with the podcast. Yeah. Gross.
1: Yeah, that is that sounds less than bueno. I am also very tired today, to the point that I like took a nap this afternoon, which I, is a thing. That sounds
0: great. I wish I had done that. Yeah. I'm sleepy. But I'm always sleepy because <sighs> I
1: have a really weird schedule. Yeah, Welcome a- to Last Time of Video Games, the sleepy podcast. It's also Thanks. summer, the time where sleep hates me.
0: I hate sl- I hate summer. I love uh, sleep. I hate
2: summer.
1: I also hate summer. At least you were born in summer. Welcome to Last Time of Video Games, the podcast that hates summer. <laughs>
0: Name your daughter's winter.
1: Or at least like October. Winter
2: is coming, and I yeah. will be so glad when it gets here. <laughs> Settle for fall.
1: I want to cuddle a chilly zombie to keep myself cool anyway
2: popsicles need popsicles tyler when you said that i totally had an image of an
0: actual chili that okay
1: a okay yeah now i can see where you're going with that that seems like a very 90s like art concept see
0: i was imagining chili the food
1: okay but is chi- okay like the cow bits in chili yeah. individually being? yeah
0: well you know like a nickelodeon gack monster
1: okay basically okay. but made of chili
0: yeah you know it's something you'd fight in earthbound
1: it really is. Oh, hey, um, that's the other thing I did um, since we last recorded is I beat Earthbound. It's good. I forgot, like, I stopped playing any other game on my phone because I just, like, I'm like, well, I could go play Identity, this fun game that I really enjoy. Or I can continue grinding in Earthbound, and I almost always chose grinding in Earthbound, and that was a weird revelation to me. It was a fun game. And that ending, I really like it. I had to go look up the plot of uh, Earthbound Beginnings. In uh, order uh, to...
0: It's like the plot of Earthbound, but yeah, more on the NES.
1: Yeah, there's um, a thief, it does also explain what G- Gigas. How the heck do you pronounce it?
0: Gigas is how I've always said it, but
1: I I, I will accept Gygus. um It does explain what the heck is Gigas, which is always something that confused me. But now I know. So yeah, that was that. Hey kids, Earthbound. It's a fun game. Maybe play it.
0: So the assignment this week was Tomb Raider, and I attempted to engage with it. But what I learned is the Gog port of Earth, or Tomb Raider is aw- awful. I learned I that to learn to too. Speak. It kept exiting when I wanted to play it. When I like went to, I set up all my key bindings and be like, "Launch game," and it'll be like, "You meant exit game, right?" And mine just was like, "You are
2: currently pressing right. Am I correct?" No. Can you stop scrolling through the menu for me for a bit here? I then finally got into game and then Laura was like, I'm going to do it up the hell I want and screw you.
1: Um, that's a very Laura behavior, to be fair. I actually, the weekend after we picked Tomb Raider, I was at Ed's house and he's like, oh, you're doing Tomb Raider? I'll play some Tomb Raider. And he got the Steam version and I think it worked slightly better, but it took him a while to figure out what the heck the controls were which is maybe one of the one of the flaws of the port. I made the wise decision and definitely didn't emulate this. I, I should have bought it on about. PS3.
0: Last week I was all like, oh, Earthbound has inspired me to try harder and play more of these games. But I had a very weird and surreal week.
1: And then Tomb Raider fought against you with yes. all of its mighty effort.
0: I, I did eventually put oh, Tomb Raider in a stranglehold and was able to <laughs> play it. I was not as bad off at Zack, but Laura definitely, when I jumped, she went with whichever direction she <laughs> went, which is frequently just standing straight up. But uh, sometimes it was to the left or right.
1: There are two different jump buttons in this game. I don't know if you noticed that. I thought mm. it was
0: just the one.
1: No, there is jump, which is almost always the one you want. And also jump straight up. which is I can is never only the jump straight up.
0: Well, I shouldn't say only, but. I could jump like straight up or like at an angle. I ended up like trying to do side flips into places <laughs> like I was Mario doing a speed run. <laughs> and I found the first cave area kind of boring. It's definitely got that early 3D game like, hey, look at all this cool space. What way do you want to go? But I didn't find it very engaging. I found the one combat encounter I had with bats <laughs> to be pretty boring because Laura just pointed her guns at a thing. And I clicked to go pew, pew, pew mm-hmm. until there were no bat- more bats. And then I fell in a hole and could not get out. And I was like, help, I've fallen, <laughs> and I can't get up. Laura needs quit. life
1: alert. Yep. I mean, I feel like she should, should at least wear a pager into these dungeons.
0: So I blame the port for this more than the game. I'm sure that the game is entertaining if you can actually play it properly, but I could not, and it felt like it was just combating me, and everything felt like it was combating me, so... I had the same experience. I mean, granted, not everything was
2: combating me, but Tomb Raider was definitely acting like a game that did not want me playing it, so... That's
1: right. I feel like you guys had similar issues with Fallout Tactics, right?
2: Uh, we haven't no, done no, Fallout, so, Fallout
1: Sorry, Tactics. the original Fallout.
0: No, I didn't, have a, I didn't have that problem with Fallout. I did. You are thinking of Okay, me. just you. The game it reminded me more of that I think the game will compare it to when we get to that point is uh, Shadows of the Empire. I feel yeah. like the ports have a lot of similar problems.
1: Also, those games feel similarly clunky in terms of their controls. They're very
0: we'll uh, of the same era.
1: Um, I was going to say, when did Mario 64 come out? Because I wanted to use that as a comparison Ninety six. Okay, so this also came out in 96, if that is accurate.
0: I know that's accurate.
1: So this came out the same year as Mario 64. I feel like this would be the big thing you as a PlayStation owner could like wave in the face of a Nintendo 64 owner who would then wave Mario back at you. So Probably. <laughs> so... I was immediately mildly impressed by this nineteen ninety six cutscene that the game opens with of like it
2: didn't look terrible for the era, but it Nothing special nah. now. No, it
1: doesn't hold up super great, but it does set a tone of like mystery. You you start with like a nuke going off and throwing some sort of disc into a desert in New Mexico, I guess, and then all of a sudden, Laura's like, "I'm gonna go on a secret mission to the Himalayas," I guess. Um, that's and what Laura sounds like, right?
0: Yeah, and then the mists of Ravenloft, kill her guide <laughs> with wolves, but she's like, pew 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 pew. And she does a backflip. She jumps in the air and does a somersault and gets into the secret <laughs> Himalayan cave.
1: Uh, which is, you know, how you do it. I also wonder, like, who was her guide? Was he just like some poor some Sherpa random Sherpa dude? Yeah, um, he dies. Right, he's definitely dead.
0: Yeah, he he's, he's, he's dead. He's because... actually the villain of the series. He ah. is upset that Laura left him for dead, and he is now Wolfman.
1: Oh, I was <laughs> going to say one he, with the... He's actually her secret brother uh, that she didn't know he had. Uh, Billy Croft.
0: I was going to go for Bill Croft when he said that, so (laughs) Billy the Croft.
1: (laughs) So as Jeremy said, the game kind of starts with you wandering through a cave system. It's maybe not the strongest opening ever in a game, but it does give you some freedom to get used to the controls uh without a whole lot of combat encounters. The game has a weird thing where it wants you to draw or holster your guns and there's really not ever a reason not to have your guns drawn. Other- I mean,
2: I can kind of understand having something like that if you're going if you're not going to let people like hang on ledges with their guns out cuz that would be kind tricky. of silly. That would be kind of silly and kind of tricky, but at the same time it just makes it feel a little bit uh on the clunky side, to have to draw or put
1: them away whenever you have to do a specific challenge. You wander through a fairly linear cave system for a bit um, and fight some pretty simple combat encounters. Um, at one point, if you fail to make a jump, the game punishes you by sucking a bear on you. But then, the only way to get out, which I think is where you got stuck, is. There
0: was no bear.
1: Uh, okay, well, maybe not. Maybe no bear. There is a secret passage in front of which is a health kit, so you're, like, looking around for ways to get out, you say, oh, a health kit, I probably need that after being mauled by a bear, and then right there is a secret passage that you can use to go back, but then you end up slightly further back than the room you entered, so it kind of has, like, a, you failed, and then a bad thing happened, but then a good thing happened, but then a slightly less bad thing happened, so at the end of the day, it does punish you a little bit.
2: Having played all the way through Doom 3, I'm always suspicious of health kits.
1: What happens in Doom 3 with health kits?
2: It seems like every time you find a health kit in a situation like that, the game is like, you found a small health kit. Here's a bunch of bad guys to try
0: and take that away from you. <laughs> it's like save points in Paper Mario.
1: Okay, okay, or like any game, really. Once you get past the first area, like it starts to open up a little bit, but uh, the first boss is a giant spider, basically. You shoot How does it.
0: that play? Because um, um, like I said, the combat seems like it's just auto-aim, hit, hit the pew-pew button.
1: Uh, that one is a little less auto-aim, use the pew-pew button, because you do have to dodge occasionally, so that's where those sweet side flips come in handy. But mostly it is pew-pew.
0: How does it feel? Does it feel energetic? Because like, those side flips are a good animation, but it's not super responsive. But I can't tell if that was just the awful controls or...
1: No, no, I'll get to that in a minute, but it's not a super dynamic feeling movement system.
0: It's always a shame, especially if it's supposed to be... <laughs> Yeah. Is um, the boss like hidden? That's a weird question, but I'm trying to figure out how they incentivize you to explore. I mean, health kits are obvious. Are there different weapons in this game? Because yes. I know Laura is known for pistols, but I assume there must be. Yeah, no, you end up getting a
1: just ridiculous arsenal of things. I was going to say, once you beat the spider boss, the game kind of opens up a lot and you start picking up other things. You get a crossbow eventually, which is fun. It gives you the ability to like actually shoot distant targets, which your pistols are terrible at. I didn't get super far in the game, unfortunately, so I'm not sure what all you pick up, but there are, I think six or seven weapons you get by the end of the game, which probably help vary the combat a bit. That's actually one of my main criticisms of the game. So like one of the main strengths of this game, before I get to the criticisms, is that uh, once you get through the linear kind of tutorial area, there's actually a tutorial where you just wander around Laura's house, like doing exercises, basically. I
0: probably should have done that, but did not want to. I actually did not realize it was
1: an option the first time.
0: A lot of games are I, like that. I had a similar like feeling about it. It wasn't Hitman. What was it? A bullet time game. What was that game? Max Payne. Uh, yes, Max Payne. Thanks. I just thought it was like a
2: fun little side explory thingy, and because it's of the, also that, because of my difficulty with the controls, I'm like, I got to the game. I'm going to play this until the controls bug out on me again,
1: or okay. try to. But like the game really focuses on like exploration. It eventually incentivizes it by like giving you secrets and random pickups and like, like what are the secrets? Little story elements. Um, oftentimes it's more like health pickups or whatever. Um, you eventually like you start piecing together puzzles. Um, Over time that are not necessary to complete the game, but you'll find like hidden areas to explore like cool artifacts to look at. A couple of the weapons are optional, so you find those by just going off and exploring. It mostly it's like it's the fun of exploring a cool ruin and like getting to see what the heck this ruin exists for. Um, And it gets more and more like metaphysical as you go on.
0: The reward is treasure. What do you mean it doesn't do anything? (laughs) It's treasure.
1: (laughs) Uh, yeah, also the reward is treasure. Um, you do pick up treasures. Part of, I think, what makes the exploration fun is that this game is actually very light on musical cues. So unfortunately, you get a lot of like awkward Lara's footsteps pounding through caves, occasionally interspersed by pew-pew-pew as you encounter a- another enemy that you just auto-aim to death. But when it wants to build tension, it does a pretty good job because it uses the music so sparingly. Like When it kicks in, it almost gives me an adrenaline pulse just because it's so infrequent. Even like most enemy encounters, it doesn't pick up because the game's like, eh, it's just bats. Don't even worry about it. Just shoot those. It lets you know when you found something worth or interesting. I don't know. It does. It sets the tone pretty well of you're exploring a dungeon. The downside is it wants you to do a lot of platforming and the platforming is pretty stiff. It kind of does like a plank jump um, rather than like, oh no, I wanted to behave more like Mario.
0: It definitely felt to me like you couldn't control her momentum after you jump. No, but, you cannot. Which I mean that does make sense, but at the
2: same time it's really unsatisfying a lot of the time in platforming style games. Well,
1: and you can't do do like a good lead up. Like one of the things I like about the new Tomb Raiders is like you can't control your momentum after you've jumped, but you have it feels like you have a lot more control when you are jumping, and it's a lot more forgiving with slightly missing it. Whereas in the like,
2: if I remember right, the one that I played, most of the jumps were contextual.
1: Um, there there's a lot of, like, exploration-based stuff that you have to do later that involve you just kind of taking, not leaps of faith, but lawn jumps across chasms. It's
2: also been a long time since I played those games. Or I guess, I've only played the first one of the new reboot, but...
1: Yeah, me too. I want to play more of them because the first one was pretty good. But, so the controls are a little clunky. It, it like, you have sidling up walls takes forever um so if you fall into a pit into a combat scenario you basically just have to finish that before you can leave it doesn't really give you the option the combat is not super interesting eventually you get two bosses that are kind of more like Zelda style puzzle fights where you have to like interact with a certain environment element like you have to drop a stone on something at one point it never reaches the point of great for me but like while I'm just exploring with occasional bats interrupting with me it was surprisingly engaging
0: how open does it ever get like it's never like Mario 64 no, choose no. your level open right
1: <laughs> no it's like there's always a direction you need to be Going, but some of the side paths end up being pretty long. They're just branches. Yeah, okay. it's basically just branches off of a main. Pad.
0: It's a linear level, but there are branches yeah. that have secrets and bears for you to discover.
1: Exactly. <laughs> yep. Well, and I mean, the bears.
0: The, the bears could be the
2: secrets. No one ever said secrets had to be a good thing.
1: That is true. Surprise bear. You don't get, or at least I did not get far enough to get a whole lot of the story. I was starting to like get interested in the environment, but honestly, I haven't. I only play the game for like two ish hours, and then stopped playing and then never picked it back up again so i think that maybe says something about it or maybe about me but at least says something about it and me for the modern era but i can definitely say why people were into this back in the day
0: do we want to talk about the weird tna element
1: and those very square boobs (laughs) those very square boobs yeah it's probably worth touching on that's like
0: like that was made by people who were like hey you should play as a hot chick because you're going to be staring at her back the entire game
1: so I always heard that the reason that she was as busty as she was is that they were originally going to do a male character model and they couldn't get the chest to be shaped right, but having played this recently, I'm like there's no way that could have ever not been a female character model.
2: I've heard the story that it was that the reason why she's so busty is because they had a uh, misplaced a digit when they initially made it.
1: And everyone's like, "That's a good idea." Eh, I mean, I don't yeah, I don't feel it's like It's
2: kind of just like it, they're so square. I can't help but <laughs> laugh. Well, I mean, it became such a big deal because Lara is one of the first or earliest uh, female game protagonists, so I kind of understand it from that perspective. Uh, like, but
1: she's also a badass with double yeah. guns. Oh, I was gonna say that's also something kind of weird about the game is that it basically wants you to always walk around with your pistols drawn, and that you, just you did looks talk goofy. about that a little bit. Yeah,
0: or how it wants you to sheath them, but actually but you it never rewards do. you for just walking around with them. <laughs>
1: do, 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 do. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'm a little surprised that it was ever, like, maybe it's just the era in which we live. It has been 20, more than 20 years since this game came out. And, like, PlayStation
0: was a weird console where lots of people were experimenting because it was relatively cheap to produce a PlayStation game. Yeah. Especially if you compared it to an N64 game. And who knew what Sega was doing at
1: the time? That said, I can see, like, I can see why people like this game. And I can also see, like... I feel like it had kind of an impact on game design after that because a lot of people did more of the like open exploration-y things but also I guess Mario 64 at the same time was like open world explore.
0: Yeah I would credit that more to Mario 64 and like just a general direction games were going because Doom already had that too long before either of them.
1: That is true. Uh, I feel like it kind of dropped off after Doom though like
0: I think once we got to 3D, though, that just came like, yeah. obviously, that's what you do with 3D, right? Before people realized, well, actually, there are other experiences that might be good, too.
1: Yep. Although, everything in its mother was a sandbox game for, like, the last decade. Yeah, well, our, our real last yeah. decade from yeah, the time we were recording.
2: That Well, that's kind of, I was going to say going away, but it's also been kind of infecting other things, because Dragon Age Inquisition is a really annoying sandbox mechanic, and it's quite clear, at least on that one. The first one, it's this huge sandbox with a lot of stuff in it. And then later ones, there's
0: less and less stuff in it. <laughs> and then Zelda's a sandbox game now. Yep, Zelda's a sandbox game now.
2: Andromeda's technically a sandbox game now, but it's also really bad. They forgot <laughs> all the sand. <laughs> so no, it's the, just a box. the first one you're in, there's a lot of sand. There's just not very much
0: interesting in it. I think,
1: did I ever mention on the podcast the game where you're literally playing as like figures in a sandbox? I, I remember playing like, an army soldier game like that uh no this is a fairly recent one it's like army a, men i think that was literally the game it was army men yep that was a surprisingly fun game at least according to my nostalgia no this is a game where you're like plastic figures in a kid's toy box um and it's, it's more like puzzle physics stuff that sounds fun anywho any, um,
0: do we have any final thoughts on team raider avoid the gog port if you want to play yeah. this legitimately yeah i think the ps3 uh, port is the way to go probably
1: the, the steam port also looked pretty reasonable I didn't play that one but I was I watched Ed play it play played for a bit and it looked pretty workable. I don't know, I was pleasantly surprised with the game. I wasn't expecting a whole lot out of it, but I'd never played any of the original Tomb Raiders, so I think you're going to
2: basically have to be the one to rank this one, Tyler, since yeah. neither <laughs> me or Jeremy could get enough pra- or get enough play into it.
0: That's fair. I think you will. And speaking of ranking, we have a list on our website www.lastpodcast.com listing all the games we've played from best to worst. The best game that doesn't have two guns is Chrono Trigger.
1: Well, it has one gun.
0: Yeah, that almost counts. It's half the guns. (laughs) The worst game that doesn't have two guns in it is City Connection.
1: It has zero guns, and, you know, I think that says a lot about a game.
0: And then the center, also with zero guns, is Tech Mobile. So scrolling up a little bit from there, a game that was out around the same time, plays very similarly, and also has an awful port I cannot recommend, (laughs) is Star Wars Shadows of the Empire. So how do you think it compares to Shadows of the Empire, Tyler?
1: my personal opinion is that tomb raider is better than shadows of the empire um shadows of the empire gives you a lot of big like i guess set pc moments but it d- like it just does not do a lot to string them together but that opening battle of Hoth is all right uh i don't know rogue squadron came out fairly shortly after that and it did everything all the flight mechanics and that are just so much better like my problem with Shadows of the Empires, it felt like it was doing a lot, and it did none of it well. It did a lot of it competently, I think. It was a good way to open the game, though.
0: I'm definitely going to defer to you, Tyler, on um, this. So.
1: I don't know, I, I think I prefer Tomb Raider
2: mildly. I'd probably fight you on it if mine worked, but <laughs> since it didn't, I don't want to try and get into an argument over a game I basically couldn't play.
1: I mean, also, like, it does have that good Star Wars IP behind it, so I can see the argument. But So scrolling up, the next game that I think is kind of relevant is going to be Resident Evil. And I actually already prefer Resident Evil, so...
0: <laughs> yeah, I also think I would have gone there with that. So now I have to pick something between these that is even sort of relevant. So I might just go figure out what's halfway between them. So the dead center point between those is Sonic the Hedgehog 3. Um, The... I'm that's the most remember, recent one we've played.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to remember which one three was. What was the... Bad
0: level design, Knuckles is there chuckling at you. Oh! But you know, Magnet like, shield, Which can't play as Knuckles.
1: Okay, yeah, this one. I'd probably have to give it to Tomb Raider. I actually don't think that's much of a challenge, so... Uh, right above that is Yoshi's Island, which I know you love. I do love Yoshi's Island kind of a lot. Um, And I'd probably... <laughs> if I'm the sole arbiter, I'm probably going to give it to Yoshi's Island because I feel like it's a more polished game tomb raider is, is just a little bit too clunky i think to make the exploration as fun as they wanted it to be okay so yeah i'm not gonna argue with you <laughs> out of curiosity what's above yoshi's island a sonic cd okay okay i'd actually probably give it to sonic cd too so
0: so tomb raider goes at number 115 above sonic the hedgehog 3 and below yoshi's island
1: technically in the top half of the list
0: yes I mean, we started in the top half. I mean, uh, most of the things Shadows that are of are the Empire the... is technically in the top half of the list. Most
2: of the things that are in the bottom half of the list are things that are unplayably broken.
0: Devil May Cry Two is in the top half of the list, and it is your fault. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, yeah, I think that's it for Tomb Raider. What are we Who's playing next turn? week, Jeremy? Yeah, it's Jeremy's turn. What are we doing, Jeremy?
0: Uh, so my week has been very surreal, like I said, and that is going to continue in the future. And is all it I... because
1: you played Earthbound, which no. is already a surreal game?
0: No, it probably didn't help, though. <laughs> uh, I really wanted to pick another JRPG or a Mega Man game or something I could sink my into my teeth into, but I do not have the time. So I was like, what is the game that I can give the least amount of effort towards <laughs> and like have an okay podcast about? And that is Mighty Final fight the nes port of final fight the it was an nes now? port of final fight yes
1: well so is a an nes port of the arcade version of final fight or the an nes port of the super nintendo port of final fight yeah
0: oh, like it's not actually a port it's kind of it's it's adapted for nes it varies from its original intent it has been modified to fit your nes
1: <laughs> that's interesting that definitely sounds interesting so next time on
0: last time we're running for chibi mayor Last podcast production, copyright 2019.